0: Welcome to another episode of Pastor Talk, today brought to you by Behringer Tools. As always. Uh, today, this is episode eight. We're talking about worship, uh, what it means to worship, in, in just in, in general. I mean, what does it look like at uh, churches today? What is it supposed to look like? What does the Bible say about worship? Worship.
1: Worship. And that was from Joe, Pastor Joe, our worship pastor. And I am Pastor Tim here with you on Pastor Talk and Worship. Before we start... Make sure you think about whatever it is you think worship is, and throw that aside, because we're going to talk about what the Bible says worship is, and also ways we can worship that may not just be what you think it is.
0: Yeah, so starting off, I mean, on Sundays, we have what we call, in general, general, a worship service. Some places call call them celebration service or or different things, but I'd say that most churches— refer to the entire service as a worship service and this is something that gets confused a lot because we have worship music we have gospel music we have praise and worship and we use these terms really interchangeably but in reality they're they're things that actually mean something and um and so when we use them just kind of in general um it just makes things more confusing for people and uh, it makes it more difficult to actually focus on what we're supposed to focus on.
1: yeah, and there's many different forms of worship. We think that Sunday morning in worshiping in our car might be the only types of worship, but we'll we'll see in scripture that's not true. It's really about the heart of worship and not just the song, but also like what are posture is, our heart posture is towards God in how we worship Him. And worship is all about God, it's not about us. And so when we talk about the different forms of worship, it's really about not just our comfort level, but how does God want to be worshiped? How do we submit of ourselves and give Him the glory that He's due? Because that's why we worship. We worship Him because He is worthy of the worship that we give Him.
0: And everybody has a preference in music, a preference in which they would call Uh, and I'm air quoting right now, worship. But when you go to a church, let's say someone that is church shopping, they're going around the different churches and they go to one and they're like, they leave and like, oh, the music was too loud and the lights were just everywhere and too bright and I didn't like, you know, the haze in the air and it was just too showy. Like, it was just too much. Then they'll go to another church and you know this church may may not even have drums and just has a piano and that's it and they may be say those same people may be like man it's too boring and i couldn't get into worship and you know they, they say all these different things like they're a negative thing but the the real issue is is not what kind of music goes on you know the the bible is not specific about what type of music and in fact it lists all sorts of instruments, and when it, the Bible talks about um, praising the Lord, it mentions a lot of instruments. But it then, then it oftentimes says all sorts of string instruments. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes it seem to me that it, it that it's not about what type of instruments there are.
1: Yeah, and your preference goes a long way. How you were raised, what church you grew up in, what type of music you like to listen to goes a long way into what you want to be a part of. And that's totally okay too. Like you can, you know, pick a church, pick a service that you want to be a part of based on that. But also, we have to understand that there's a lot deeper meanings involved when it comes to worshiping God and not just going where we want all of our needs met, but also go where we can give God glory through our worship in different ways. And the first thing we'll look at we have a list we pull it up online seven types of praise in the bible what the words are and what they mean just to kind of give us some overview of how we can worship in different ways the first one is yada and if we mess up any of these words we are sorry Uh, but yada means to worship with an extended hand it carries the meaning of absolute surrender as a young child does to a parent when it says when he uh, the child says pick me up i'm all yours so complete surrender to god Worshipping with an extended hand, uh, and, and I think that's a good. Uh, when people are like I don't like to raise my hand, it's like well, that's there's a biblical model for that as well. Genesis twenty nine thirty five, Second Chronicle seven six, Psalm nine one, that when you ra- raise your hand to God, it's not required of you, right? You're not going to be, uh, you know, we're in churches are not like all right, where's everyone's hands today, right? It's like you should do this out of the complete reverence to God, saying that here I'm all yours. And, and it's just a sign of, of reverence.
0: And, and we know that it's not necessarily something like required physically for you to do. It's all about the posture of your heart. And yet I found for uh, most of my Christian life, I, I was a part of churches that were a little bit more reserved in, in their style of worship. And so um, I, I never I never clapped. I never did any. I just stood there and sang the song. And uh, and my heart was pointed in worship to the Lord, but I found that as I became more willing to, uh, y- you know, participate physically with with my my posture and uh, lift my hands to the Lord, that it actually benefited my my ability to surrender, and uh, because it was my actions were going along with what I what I intended, and uh, even though it felt a little bit vulnerable, like other people were looking at me or whatever, but, uh, I found that it's beneficial to, to combine physical action with, with the mental, with the, with the intention of your heart.
1: Mm. And I think too, when I've seen this in practice, a lot of it comes down to just the fact that sometimes people want to do that. They just don't feel they can or maybe there's not people around them doing it and so they don't feel comfortable with that and that's totally fine too i think no matter what end of the spectrum you fall on these forms of worship we have to give grace to those that aren't doing it because there are many different forms like you can sit in your seat and pray to god with your head bowed during a song and that's a form of worship because you're giving your time to god you're taking it seriously you're meditating on the words and uh, i i think of this in practice too when we would go to men's retreat every year and you see 500 guys giving everything they have their hands raised. And it's very powerful to be a part of that. And then a lot of those guys come home and I've been a part of that too, where you come home, you're next to your wife. Now you're next to friends. Not everyone's doing it like the 500 guys at retreat. And so you just don't do it anymore. Well, what changed? What changed between the two things you wanted to before and now you don't. It has to do with, you know, a lot of different things. It could be that you're embarrassed. It could be that you don't have that culture in your church. It could be a lot of different things. And so, we have to understand when we worship and how we worship has a lot to do with our comfort level.
0: And I think that, you know, one, one important thing, and this is cultural to address, is that the, the responsibility to worship is on you. It's on every single person. You know, it, it, in fact, it's 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 like a command. Uh, by the Lord, that we are to praise Him, that we are to worship Him. And, uh, you know, Psalm 156, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Does that mean if you go to a church and they don't have the music just the way that you like it, are you then, you don't have to do that anymore? And that's the thing, that people um, approach worship as, as as something that is for them. Very often that that worship music is yo, oh, I really felt that music today, but the truth is that wherever you are, you are the one that is responsible to enter a time of worship. you are the one that is responsible to um, come before the Lord and set your mind on him, whether you're just reading scripture together as a as a congregation or whether there's lights and loud music and drums which are hurting your ears no. That being said, I do believe that uh, the church should remove distractions, but there, it is impossible to please everybody. There's always going to be somebody that wants something done differently, no matter what you do, even if you do it all the ways at different points in a worship set. And, um, and, the, and then the truth is, when we go back to the talking about the service as a worship service, the entire service is worship to the Lord, because worship isn't just singing it's not just praising the name of the lord what worship truly is 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 valuing god in your life as he should be valued and so the different parts we have of a worship service are uh, prayer uh, singing and praise to the lord and then also uh, uh, valuing his word Right? that's Mm -hmm. what we do when we hear a message that, uh, that we're not just there to learn. We're not just there to become a better person. We're there to value the Word of God. That's why we're sitting there listening. And yeah. so if you, you can easily not worship at any of those times, if you just come and you're not participating in prayer, believing that God is who he says he is, that he answers prayers, uh, that's worship to the Lord. If you're not singing songs and turning your heart to the Lord and praising Him, then you can be absent from worship even during the the, the worship time. And then you, when you transfer over to the time of uh, listening to a message, if you're not paying attention, if you're not actively applying those to your life, if you're not actively valuing God's Word, then you have completely missed worship in the worship service because it's not something that you just go and 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 witness it's something that you have to actively participate in your own heart
1: yeah i think actively participating is so important and i've been guilty of that too where you are part of worship and you don't even realize what you're singing right you're thinking about what you have to do that afternoon or what what you have to do the week or what the last week held same thing with the word the word when the word is preached you know a lot of it goes in one ear and out the other not because we are just distracted we, you know because we're distracted so easily and so I think being present, being aware of what you're saying, being aware of what's being spoken to you is so important to make the most of that, that congregational meeting, the, the, the worship service that we go to on Sundays. And, and, and then, you know, the next one we talk about is Taliyah. I think that's how you say it is to sing. It's a spontaneous new song, a singing from the melody in your heart and adding words to it. So this is like spontaneous singing. If you do it in the shower, in your car, you know, a, a song comes to mind or you're just singing praises to God that may not even be a, an actual song that you know, but it's just is coming out uh, naturally.
0: And we, we live in a culture where we kind of feel like it's not a legitimate way to worship if it's not like this set worship song. But in the Bible, when when songs are like the song of Moses or uh, the song of Mary or these different things, they're literally just spontaneous things that come out from the moment that they're just, you know, they're in awe of the Lord, they're thankful for what he's done. And so it just comes out of them. And if you actually look at the, like the origination of most of the songs that we sing in church, a lot of them Aren't like, okay, these professional songwriters sat down and decided to worship uh, write a song together. It's something that came from, you know, this thing. It's just a spontaneous song. And then they took that and they put it into a uh it put it into a, a song that was is ready for everybody to sing. But the 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 origination of it is something just like what you and I could do is just if you're in it, thankful to the Lord of something, it it's okay to just spontaneously burst out in song. It it's very strange and weird in our culture, but um, th- that's something that the the Lord looks fondly on.
1: Yep, absolutely. The third one is Barack, not Obama, to kneel or to bow to give reverence to God as an act of adoration. It implies a continual conscience, conscious. Con- how do you say that? Conscious, 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 giving place to God this goes back to what I was talking about. You know, if you are in a worship service and you kneel, you bow, you, you're you in a state of reverence to God, that is also an act of worship. You know, if you're up front dancing, raising your hands, and then you see people kneeling behind you and you're like, hey, why don't you get the program? Why don't you worship like me? That's also a hypocritical spirit, you know, to to start judging people on how they worship. There are people that read scripture during a song that just kneel and bow and, and say a prayer. And that's a, a part of Worship is 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 called barak,
0: and and kneeling and bowing are very vulnerable positions. Right. I mean, if you do that in front of other people, you immediately feel vulnerable. Uh, I had a pastor uh, years ago who, when he was fasting and when he would pray and really seek the Lord, that he would literally just lie prostrate mm-hmm. on his face for for hours praying to the Lord because it's the most it's the most humble, it's the most subservient, it's the weakest position and you're saying, "Lord, I am your servant." I revere you more than anything. And it's it's the way that you can actually express that in the most that you can.
1: Yeah, that's not part of our uh, words here, but it's, that word is called proskuneo when you see that in the Bible, when someone lays prostrate before God, uh, giving him reverence and worship. So that is something else you can do. You can lay down you know, prostrate before God uh, as a sign of reverence. So the next one is halal, halal, First Chronicles 16, 4, and Nehemiah also to invoke, to thank, to praise God, halal is the primitive root to shine, to make a show, to boast, to proclaim God's goodness, to celebrate.
0: Shine, make a wonder what you got.
1: Yep, newsboys were halaling back in the day.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: so this is praise, this is boasting, this is worship. This is all what we think about when we talk about uh, what we would normally think about worship is boasting, singing, giving God, uh, giving God praise that way.
0: There's a, there's a quote from Spurgeon and I can't remember how it exactly goes, but the gist is that when, when the preacher is preaching that he should actually, his goal should be to exact as much emotion as possible with the truth. And lots of people are very critical of, um, when 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 churches uh, when try, churches try to express that when they try to achieve that and uh, we do it with, with with music and sound and lights and and everything that the words that are said in these different things but the thing is the lord should exact a an emotional response from you yeah when you any time that people come face to face with the lord they're absolutely overwhelmed mm-hmm. right they're overwhelmed with different emotions and, and so if you, if you come before the Lord, and you don't feel anything, then you probably need to take a look at yourself and what you say that you believe, because um, the Lord that we serve is overwhelming. And, uh, and so as long as our goal with, with worship songs and, and, and preaching and everything that we do is that what we say be true an accurate representation that we're not making up um, a different view of God than, than the Bible espouses, that we are emphasizing the correct things. But in doing that, I can't get through hearing the gospel without tearing up. I cannot. Not a single time if somebody is, is saying just the simple, simplest version of the gospel possible without even trying to make it um exaggerated or emotional in any way, I will tear up because every time I think about what the Lord has done for me, that's just how I feel. And so conveying that to to people, conveying what he's done and who he is, um, should be an emotional experience. And uh, I think it is dangerous to focus on emotions, but when you focus on the truth and that creates emotions that's good yeah that's a good thing
1: you don't chase a feeling you chase god and from chasing god and pursuing him you will get those emotions because we are emotional creatures and so i think that's a good point So before we move on to number five, I want to take a commercial break and recognize Behringer Tools is a proud sponsor of Pastor Talk, and they proudly state that on their website. But Joe, did you know that Behringer sells much more than just the top quality tools you can buy? I I didn't. Behringer wants to be known as your go-to one-stop shop for all your daily needs and wants. From bicycle inner tubes to patio furniture and drain cleaning products, Behringer has it all. Joe, what's your favorite item that you've purchased from Behringer?
0: Uh, I think it would have to be my snap-on, snap-off lights. Way mm. better than the clap-on, clap-on Absolute.
1: lights. Absolutely. Those are great. So check out Behringer today. All right. So we are back with uh, number five, Toda, T-O-W-D-A-H. We were thinking that might be like how we got the word Tada. Tada. Ta-da. Because what it means is to give worship by the extension of the hand in adoration or agreeing with what has been said or done. So agreeing with God at his word, having faith in his word, this is a form of praise that goes in operation just because his word is true. Such as Father, I thank you that your word is true as we raise our hearts and hands in praise to God. So this is raising hands, but it's more in coming agreement with God and his word, and so how we uh, recognize what is true, you know, when you hear amens from the service, when the, when the word is preached, when people raise their hands, when they say, amen, good job, like, you know, I, I agree, like all those things are ways that we can uh, come into agreement with the truth that's being said.
0: Right, it's a similar idea to when a pastor would if they're praying over someone if they extend their hands in agreement right it's not like a a magic thing it's not a but it's it's an action that uh that literally means i am agreeing with what is being said and uh, i'm aligning myself with that
1: that's right our number six is zamar z-a-m-a-r to sing with instruments to make music accompanied by the voice So this is, we are zamaring every Sunday, aren't we? Yes. Psalm 150 talks all about singing praises to God with instruments. And a lot of people get caught up on which instruments are holy and which ones are not. But the Bible talks about a lot of different instruments. And keep in mind, the Bible also did not have some of the instruments we have today. But I'm sure, you know, they would be using them back then as well. And so that's the thing, too, is it comes down to preference of what instruments you like, the level the decibel level that they're at but the bible overwhelmingly tells us to worship god with instruments
0: i mean if you just think about like what instruments are generally used today they're not very old uh the root of the guitar is old uh there's there's been stringed instruments practically forever but the actual guitar is not that old of an instrument maybe 500 years or so and the and the version that we use today even uh even younger than that and then uh other instruments electric basses, electric guitars are are really only in the last 100 years or so uh drum sets modern drum sets and so yeah of course they wouldn't be um introduced in 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 the bible but they had cymbals, they had stringed instruments they had horns
1: uh and and so the same same types of instruments yep absolutely and the last one is Shabak, which means to address in a loud tone, loud adoration, or a shout. So proclaim with a loud voice, unashamed, the glory, triumph, mercy, power of God. That's something people could say. This is, this is in Psalms 117.1, when it talks about praise the Lord, all nations, extol him, all peoples, that is Shabak. So again, when we shout, when we give glory to God that he's due, that's a form of worship.
0: So I mean, like when we talk about responsibility in worship, there's there's really two uh, two sides to this. Uh, one is the the worship leader, the worship team, uh, the pastor, the worship pastor, whoever is up uh, on the stage leading something. They have their responsibility is to encourage people and do everything they can to bring the congregation. Uh, into a place where they can, uh, where they are worshiping the Lord. So that includes uh, the the music, but even more than that, what is being said. Um, I find that lots of times uh, people come in and they're not they're they're distracted and they may not even be thinking about um, you know the words that they're singing or anything. And so sometimes just a few words that you say to bring people's focus into what they're actually saying bring them into a place of worship. And so I believe it's the, the responsibility of the, the, um, those leading the service to, to be as inoffensive as, uh, as possible and to remove distractions while uh, providing uh, beneficial encouragement. But then on the other end, Uh, the congregants' responsibility is to enter worship regardless of what happens, regardless if the speakers explode and and there's no more sound, regardless of... Air conditioning goes out. Air conditioning goes out, regardless of if somebody says something wrong from the stage, your responsibility is to remove yourself from those distractions. I've been to churches that were far outside my comfort zone as far as expression in worship, what songs they were singing, those type of things. And I had to actively think about like, is this right? Is this wrong? And what I realized is that what I I needed to stop focusing on that, try, stop trying to make a decision about how they should do things or how I would do something different. And instead, focus on Bringing myself into a place of worship, and regardless of of where I've been on a retreat, on uh, on a Sunday morning service, when I have resolved to to worship the Lord and enter that place of worship to just approach His throne room uh, freely, does those are the most powerful times. Those are the most uh, intimate times with the Lord, the most true and worshipful that that I've ever been a part of.
1: Yeah. we mentioned seven today uh, types of worship, but there's a lot more. There's a lot of things. You know, David danced before the Lord. Dancing is one. People blew shofars in the Bible. You know, that's a a way to to worship God. Uh, Flags is another way. You know, uh, raise a banner before the Lord. Uh, There's a lot of different ways. And and like Joe is saying, that the main thing is we don't live in a state Uh, of judgment or that critical spirit, but what do I need to personally do to enter into a place of worshiping God, to give Him the glory He's due, realizing that worship is not about me, it's about God. And from that state of humility, we can enter in, in a new level, in a new way. And uh, me personally, like, I have to just be aware of where my mind is. As I'm worshiping a song and going through those motions like I talked about earlier, where is my mind at? Is my mind focused on what I'm saying, focused on God and His goodness, or am I focused on my problems? Me, 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 me. Yeah, there are, there are
0: times when uh, when I come and entering worship is super easy. It takes five seconds and I'm just there focusing on the Lord, worshiping. And there's other times when I could literally be worshiping and focusing, attempting to focus my mind for an hour and then it would it would take that long but what i find is that if if i'm really intentional about it if i'm I'm, if that is my goal if i'm focused on that that eventually it does happen whether it takes two minutes or 45 minutes you know, we're human, we're distractible, our brains don't even work uh, as well from one day to another. Uh, but the Lord is always faithful, He doesn't change, and He says that uh, if we draw near to Him, that He draws near to us. And, and so we have that promise that as we, as we seek Him, as we draw closer to Him, um, that we are able to have that intimate uh, worship uh, experience with Him really before His, before his throne.
1: Yeah. And I'll just end on this was Psalm 22:3, God inhabits the praises of his people. So that's something that, that God is there in our midst always, but also as we praise and give him the glory, there is power in that. And also uh, the verse two that says, we enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving, right? We don't enter his courts with prayer. We don't enter his courts with, you know, just sending our petitions. And just like Pastor Nathan challenged us last year, is to be thankful before God as you go to prayer. Just thank God for all the things that He's done for you or will do for you. Don't be so focused on the things that we just want. And and I think coming from that state of humility, entering His courts with praise and thanksgiving uh, will go a long way as we seek His heart, seek His will for our lives.
0: Amen. So I encourage you, uh, whoever is listening, that that you would When you enter a time that is set aside for worship, whether you set it aside or whether it's a Sunday morning worship service, to be really intentional about setting your mind on the Lord, focusing on Him, and entering true worship and not just the appearance of worship. That's right.
1: That's going to do it for today's show. For Pastor Talk, thanks for being here. Once again, we are sponsored by Behringer, Lifetime Promise Guaranteed, and Joe, that's a guaranteed lifetime promise. I'm, I've, I'm ordering my Behringer shirt right now. And that's Behringer spelt with a J because it's just all you need.